Hello, and welcome to In the Odd at MSU, a behind-the-scenes look at the Michigan State University Department of Theater's productions and special projects. I am your host, Abby Taikaki, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. The Department of Theater has over eight different performance venues on campus. Most of these spaces, along with classrooms and design labs, are housed in the historic Michigan State University Auditorium building. A crazy amount of creativity and experiential learning happens in the auditorium. But as is often the case in the performing arts, the audiences only see the finished product. So this podcast serves to shine a light on how the faculty at the MSU Department of Theater are training future practitioners of the performing arts to challenge and redefine traditional theater as an artistic response to an ever-changing world. A look at what happens in the odd. My guests today are Alexis Black, Claire Wilcher, Heather Mahoney, and Sarah Davis. A big welcome to all of you. Hi. Hello. So I'd like to start by going around the group and having you each introduce yourselves. Um, Tell us your name, pronouns, your uh, role or title at MSU, or what you're studying. And Alexis, let's start with you. Oh, hello. I am Alexis Black, she, her, hers, and I am an assistant professor of acting and movement at MSU. Hi, I'm Claire Wilcher. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am a second year MFA candidate in acting. Hello, I'm Heather Mahoney, she, her, hers. I am a senior BFA acting and social relations and policy major. And hi, my name is Sarah Davis. I am a senior BFA actress with a minor in musical theater. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Oh, and my, I'm so sorry. And my pronouns. Pronouns. <laughs> she, her, hers. Thank you, Sarah. Um, so I want to address the fact that we are doing this recording remotely um, due to the response from the COVID-19 novel coronavirus outbreak and Michigan State University's um, really smart decision to move all of our learning to uh, remote learning for the remainder of the semester. Um, so that's out of the way. Uh, but today's topic is intimacy directing. And maybe you're wondering what that is. So in 2018, the Huffington Post described intimacy directing as, quote, an emerging field in which a small group of professionals are pushing to develop standards and procedures for scenes involving physical intimacy in the wake of a public reckoning with sexual misconduct throughout the entertainment industry, unquote. That same year, Michigan State uh, University's Department of Theater hired Alexis Black, in part because of her credentials in this field. Today, Alexis is currently one of only 22 intimacy directors for theater certified by Intimacy Directors International. She is one of only 10 that are employed full-time by a university. She is one of two certified intimacy directors in the Midwest region, and she is the only intimacy director hired for a full year in residence in all of Chicago at Red Twist Theater. So in short, she's kind of a big deal, and she places Michigan State on the cutting edge of this emerging field in the theater and entertainment industries. So Alexis, I'll turn it over to you now in your own words. What is intimacy directing, and why is this so important? Well, thank you for doing this again. Um, I do want to say that I'm also certified with intimacy directors and coordinators. As oh, well. wonderful. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. Absolutely. Um, So uh, intimacy direction, HuffPost is right. It is about several things that does involve developing standards and procedures. I would say that that area is the the protocol area that we work in. 
but also we have two other major parts. We have, we work with choreography and advocacy. So overall for the choreography part, you know, this is a movement direction specialty. So an intimacy director is someone who is trained in telling a heightened physical story. So similar to a fight choreographer doing a moment of staged violence, uh, one of my mentors says that there's a thousand ways to tell the story of a slap and there are a thousand ways to tell the story of an embrace. Um, so intimacy directors, we specify the story of those intimate moments so they be- become much more dynamic. And it's also exciting because this is a relatively brand new field. And in addition to creating these physically safe and um, repeatable choreography moments, um Intimacy directors or IDs, as we are called by IDC and IDI, are also supporting the psychological safety of the actors. So the work contains a lot of um, advocacy. So we open up communication in the rehearsal room about boundaries, and we work to empower actors to have agency over their bodies and what's happening to them. And then, as Huffington Post described, we're also behind the scenes uh, creating protocols setting up standard structures, safety procedures, um, things like that around um, moments of intimate storytelling. And uh, why is it so important? Um, uh, Multiple reasons, but I think especially in this post Me Too world, um, it encourages and allows these actors, as I said, to have agency over their bodies, not only during these moments of stage intimacy, but during the whole rehearsal process. I think it, everyone's starting to think about uh, our relationship with touch and this idea that we um, are supposed to be open for anything and just do it, that kind of mentality that actors have had in the past, that it, it actually, um, when you open up these lines of communication, this creates more freedom. It doesn't uh, hinder the process, it expands it. And the actors can be confident that they're not only respecting their own boundaries, but they're respecting their fellow performers and, um, you know, working in a consensual professional workplace as actors. Um, It also gives uh, an artistry and structure to these moments that I've always found it interesting. If you think about working with directors in the past where we've spent 15 minutes um, specifying the way you enter a room or the, the way that you cross to a couch and sit down, they keep, uh, you know, adding structure and, and artistry to those moments. And then when it got to the intimacy, it kind of was like, oh, just, uh, just figure it out. Um, so it really creates more, uh, it makes that moment more of a sculpture, more part of the artistic process. Um, and it makes it repeatable so that the same story is being told in uh, on a national tour at the first city you're in and, and at the last city as opposed to things kind of growing and changing because they don't have structure to it. Um, and it's also important because it's cutting edge and it's becoming the industry standard. Uh, for example, like SAG-AFTRA, the union for um, film and TV, they've worked with professionals from IDC and IDI um, to create these protocols. Um, and so this is really taking over the country and the world. And it's exciting that MSU students are kind of on the front lines of that, like getting all that training and going out ready to, to pounce. 
totally agree. So as you were speaking, I was thinking of, of a few things. One is that, um, you know, fight choreography has been around forever. Um, and that is something that, you know, sort of immediately makes sense to people. Obviously, people are not actually fighting each other on stage. And how do you make that look both realistic, but also uh, safe for everybody participating in it? But when it comes to moments of intimacy, of touch, um, a kiss, something like that, um, that just automatically maybe makes everybody feel uncomfortable. But uh, like, there, it's just as important to make sure that there that there's a, a safety and a choreography to that as well. Is that yeah. sort of and it exciting? You know, because it can be. I think the actors are. In right, like they're obviously and usually not also falling in love with each other in real life, right? So. Right, yes, yes. So separating the professional workplace from your feelings for sure. And actors do tend to be, I, I'm, this is a, a generalization and something, again, that uh, my mentor, Claire Warden, has said before, one of my mentors, that actors are generally more comfortable or confident about touch. You know, we work a lot in ensemble ways we we do work with fight choreography or with these movement pieces where we're sometimes interacting with each other and doing contact but when it comes down to these moments we do want to make sure that we are respecting our partners and that we're not crossing any boundaries and it just didn't have the structure to communicate about that before um about 2008 when uh tonia senia from uh idi really started uh, putting this information out there that she created um, and she has said, Tonya has said, like, she wants actors to be as excited to pick up a broadsword as they are to go into an intimate piece of storytelling. And I think if you have these, um, vo the vocabulary and the ability to talk to each other, that it, it just makes it a more fun work environment, too. Um, I don't know if any of, uh, like, Heather or Sarah or Claire can talk about that, because I know they've all worked with these uh protocols and vocabulary as actors and um, some of them as starting choreography. So um, yeah, so let's go over to Claire, who as a as a MFA candidate here has been doing an independent study in intimacy direction with you. Um, Claire, could you talk a bit about um, what inspired you to want to do that independent study and how you got started with Alexis? How have you been building that work? Uh, sure. So Alexis and I started at MSU at the, uh, the same year. Um, so last year, my first year as an, as an MFA grad student um, was the same year Alexis started. And, um, and we, my, my cohort, my, my colleagues and eight actors uh, uh, in the MFA program um, had started taking class with Alexis, you know, right away. And, and just uh, part of who she is, is, this work. And so it naturally came up in a lot of our study and conversation. And though we didn't focus on it in our first semester, it was often a part of our conversations. And I have been really interested for a long time. I mean, even before, even before I came to grad school, um, in this sort of, in this sort of working area around empowerment and empowering women and this sort of I keep coming, I keep coming back to the idea of compassion in our, in our practices. And so I was really naturally drawn to intimacy direction after I heard more about it. Um, 
it kind of held hands with the work that I started doing in my first year here and now that I'm continuing in my second year um, about theater of the body and specifically fat bodies in theater and um, body diversity in theater. And um, that really goes well with the empowerment side of acting practices and rehearsal practices and and learning practices. And so I approached Alexis, you know, to see if she would be willing to give me some, some one-on-one mentorship just so we could make the best use of our time, you know, here at, at MSU, we're really, as MFAs are uh, encouraged to take our own time with what we want to study and not just let it be a general acting degree, but what do we want to dig into and it just so happened that I was kind of studying all the right things that made this a natural progression. That's right on. Very cool. And I feel like we could do a whole other episode about um, empowerment, especially around bodies. That's fantastic. I think that's really important. You should. I, I do want to say that while a lot of female identifying actors are um, feel empowered by this work, it's also so empowering to non-binary actors or uh, people that are going through transition or um, male identifying actors have also almost equally said, I have, you know, as people who are often written as the uh, perpetrator in a story about assault or in as more of the um, aggressor, or they have to take the lead in the stories that we're still telling from more uh, past theater projects. Now we're getting a little bit more diversity in that storytelling, but um that this helps them as well feel more confident and and responsible in what they're doing. Absolutely, and and I and I don't mean to discount that, and and I just I, I think the the thing that I take away most from this work that I'm learning so much about is how much I really believe in the power of what you were saying, Alexis, about psychological safety and communication, and on on all parts and between everyone, and you know. It's it's fascinating to me, you know, rehearsals are these, the rehearsal processes and the way that we are so ingrained in them and they're so routine in our lives, you know, as students, we are rehearsing hours and hours and hours per week. And so these these rehearsal processes are breeding grounds for, for tradition and for ritual and for learning best practices. And if we can take those now and especially in, in younger actors who are just, you know, about to go out into the professional world, if we can take those ideas now and put them into practice, they're just going to get carried on, you know, th- throughout everyone else's process too, where you work in a theater and you have an industry director, director and it's taken very seriously and it's just part of the program. How great is it for actors to experience that and then go to other theaters where maybe it's not in place and can advocate for it to be put in place. And I think that's also a huge part of it. Yeah. That metaphor of the drop in the bucket, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just one person. What can I do? But then I don't know, like hearing Claire speak and working with Heather and working with Sarah and, and they're all such empowered, wonderful humans that are going to go out and, and take this to every place they work. That's what's exciting about it too. Yeah, so let's um let's take uh, the conversation over to Heather at this point. Um, tell us a bit about the work that you've been you you do with Alexis and how you became to uh, came to be interested in intimacy directing. Yes, so um, I initially started working with Alexis through um, 
like fight direction, I was obviously interested in that. So when I approached her to start working with that intimacy, like shortly followed along, um, Alexis would host uh, combat and consent workshops um, at the auditorium. And it would show how like hand in hand, the idea of intimacy and fight go together and how we would learn to check like with each other's boundaries and learn that before we approached other types of like touch-based work and movement-based work. Um, so that was one of the first, my first introduction to the world of intimacy. And um, right away I could connect it back to like past experiences of intimacy, especially like in high school when there's like a stage kiss and it, it's incredibly awkward for everyone involved and you know the rest of the high school students don't make it any better. So I knew how important like that kind of work was for like not only myself as an actor, but for like everyone I'd heard talk about like past intimate experiences on stage. Um, and so after that, I was given the chance to be like an intimacy captain um, for one of the shows I was in at uh, Michigan State and kind of like working the same way it would with like a fight or dance captain. You watch the uh intimacy for like cons for uh consistency cons mm, consistency with what the choreographer created um but in this and in the case of intimacy direction e the consistency is also like the form of safety as it would be with fight because you don't want their you don't want an actor feeling unsafe because their partner all of a sudden isn't doing the choreography the same so learning how important it was to like not only maintain the story, but maintain all of the actor's safety as well. And um, something interesting with like intimacy uh, direction and choreography that I picked up, especially from that, is that there would be certain placeholders you'd have before you would do the full intimacy. So learning that they can work into it slowly. So first having like a forehead touch instead of the mouth contact and working with the same choreography. So any sort of like breathing or touch with hands and any of that kind of movement that you'd have with, um, with the regular choreography and then slowly incorporating it into the more intimate moments as the actors were ready. That's so cool. So what what sort of um, productions have you worked on with uh, this using these techniques? I just worked with Alexis on um, a professional show I was recently in um, more more from an observation standpoint, but oh, and you were also intimacy captain. I know that you did a lot of that um, consistency work, as you called it. Yeah, consistency work. Um, we had the intimacy was included in the fight call for that show as well. And so especially that was um, what you might want to call like violent intimacy for that scene. Um, so what was especially important with that one was learning that or having the victim make sure to be in control at every step and make sure that the actor is comfortable with what's happening while the character is incredibly uncomfortable. So maintaining like their, like a healthy mental balance for them of knowing that the character would be uncomfortable in the moment. Um, but making sure that the actor is able to separate that from like, from the assault that's happening to the character. And um, 
this actor in particular, you could tell like it was a hard story to tell. And so making sure that consistency was there and make um, so that way he could feel as comfortable as possible. And we also work with them to um, kind of tap in and out of the story. So for between uh, the actor and the woman who was supposed the character that was supposed to be assaulting him, making sure that they could tap into the story with each other and then kind of high five each other afterwards or kind of check in with each other afterwards to make sure that you were able to separate those things mentally. Yeah, that's great to say, Heather, because a lot of the work isn't just how you approach it in the beginning and the process, but how you find closure as well. Um, that's one of the, the pillars that IDI works with, um, with consent and communication and choreography and closure and, and context. So um, that's really good to bring up because it is a lot about just giving structure to that. Like it used to be here, go do this process where you're very mentally and physically vulnerable and you don't know what's going to happen to your body and then just go home, <laughs> you know, accept your applause and goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really nice to have uh, this new structure and these new protocols to go, okay, now I know what's going to happen to me and why I have a say in it. Um, we're telling an even more dynamic story that's repeatable. And I have some tools to um, come out of this at the end and be in a good psychological place. That's incredible. Uh, Sarah, I want to bring you into the discussion. You uh, recently were in Into the Woods, the MSU production of Into the Woods as the baker's wife, correct? Yes. And I have to say, I really thoroughly enjoyed your performance. I thought you did an amazing job. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. So Alexis identified you as a, as an MSU actor who had recently uh, had the experience of intimacy directing. Can you tell us about your experience with that in Into the Woods? Sure thing. So before working with Alexis for our production of Into the Woods, I never actually had any formal theatrical intimacy training, but I had done lots of theatrical intimacy. In fact, my first kiss was a staged kiss for <laughs> musical that was filmed in front of the entire cast and creative team to promote the show. Ugh. So yeah, <laughs> needless to say, that one take wonder is a permanent reminder of the horror and dread I from then on associated with all theatrical intimacy. Um, when I was cast as the baker's wife in Into the Woods, the amount of staged intimacy required seemed daunting to me. But the technical art of intimacy directing eased my worries as we quite literally designed how all the intimate moments between me and the other actors would play out. It felt like choreography in a sense, but it was completely driven by character need. We discussed the motivation that drove each movement so that even though the mechanics would be the same each run, they would still be filled with energy and intention. Um, so yeah, this work helps to eliminate the fear of an uncertainty, and it ensures collaboration, consent, and comfort for everyone involved. Even after all of the intimate scenes were built, we continued to work with Naomi Blancett before each performance for an intimacy call to check in, ask questions, and problem solve any hiccups we may have experienced the previous run. Um, 
And Alexis had an attention to detail and investment in the work that allowed us to learn, play, and establish a sense of artistic professionalism, like she mentioned, through some very physically intimate moments between actors. So let me ask you this. You mentioned Naomi Blancett. She played the witch, correct? She did. She did. And she also served as, correct me if I'm wrong, she served as intimacy captain for our production yeah, group. Okay, cool. So now people who are familiar with Into the Woods might be thinking through it going, wait a second, there are, there's not like a violence or really intimate, you know, emotionally, physically intimate moments in this show. So could you give us an example of the moments that you worked through in the show, um, just as a way for people listening to sort of understand the, the moments that, you know, sort of pass by that you might not think as an audience member are crucial um, to working through this sort of thing? Sure. So just by her character name, she's the baker's wife. So of course she interacts mainly with the baker, um, as a, you know, a wife figure. So that's generally a very intimate relationship that you would have with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, it's funny that actually wasn't the character that I did the most physical intimacy with. Um, <laughs> the actually, actually, the character that I did the most physical intimacy with was Cinderella's prince. Um, right. Yes, the baker's wife has a scene that plays out her fantasies um, with him. So that scene was actually the scene that was the most physically complicated or sensitive, if you will. So there was a lot of moments where there was lip-to-lip contact, a lot of moments where um, there were embraces and kind of teasing moments. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt, Sarah, but I do want to say that uh, stage intimacy isn't always necessarily those moments of that, of kissing or of simulated sex acts or nudity that, that is involved in the work. But Sometimes staged intimacy can be sustained eye contact or the quality of the touch as you go, uh, as you run, as an actor would run their hand along another actor's arm. There's a lot of nuance that can go into it. Um, the same way there's a lot of nuance in um, dance uh, or in uh, fight choreography. So again, it's, it's thinking about those moments of heightened movement as having a lot of detail that wasn't formally kind of um, excavated in the process. And now we're having that chance to, to dig in there and, and see it underneath the surface. It's incredible. It sounds like a lot of the work is around um, building within a show or a company or a department, a culture of care, a culture of consent for literally everything. Yeah, and it was it was really cool to work with Sarah in, on Into the Woods, and um, I, I'm wondering if that helps you as students think about physical specificity and relationship as well, not just for intimate moments, but if you're working on a scene where you have a brother, a platonic or a brother-sister familial relationship, like the, that still is a type of like relationship um intimacy that doesn't isn't physical in the same way of course but is like just the way that you think about it has that changed at all yeah I would say it helps to distinguish and characterize specific 
relationships. Um, like I said, I, I had more than one um, physically intimate relationship with a, another character. And so it helped to um, separate those two for me and help me identify the unique qualities of each. Yeah. And I think also if, um, if I may jump in here, um, I think that it has created not only a culture of care in our rehearsals and our productions, but just our classroom culture, um, has really shifted, I think. And, and that is a really lovely thing to see, um, that even students who may or may not, you know, completely buy in to the idea of this, of intimacy direction being a necessity because I, you know, like Alexis said, there are a lot of actors who are just very comfortable with, um, with staged intimacy, with, uh, with immediate, um, contact, physical contact. And, um, and that's, that's okay. But what I think is really important is by creating this culture, um, it teaches even those students who are automatically more comfortable to make allowances for those who are not, and to recognize that it is, um, it is a worthy use of time and uh, and brain power to recognize that that this this levels a playing field in a different kind of way and in a way that makes everyone you know feel comfortable and it sets a standard of behavior that a lot of times is is really necessary. I'm glad you brought up that standard of behavior. Um, in previous conversations I've had with Alexis, she mentioned. Um, working also with um, stage management students um, to create a sort of uh, Michigan State University protocol. Alexis, could you talk a bit about that as well? Yeah, I, I did want to give a shout out. Uh, Tina Newhauser, who is a professor in, in charge of all the stage management here at MSU, and her advanced stage management class and I, uh, we all worked together this uh gosh, I can't believe it's been a year, but last spring to make an MSU movement and safety toolkit. So um, this is a way for stage managers who are going out into the world to have a document, a, a handbook of sorts that helps them with all of the elements of not just intimacy direction, but fight direction and and pieces of device movement or uh, possibly even it could be applied to dance, although that wasn't um, one of our main foci. <laughs> is that the right word? Um, it is but, now. I like that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plural of octopus. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was a really awesome experience. Um, Tina is a, an amazing mentor and a, such a benefit to the department. And we yeah we put together this whole handbook, and I'm going to be working further with that um, process of bringing this to stage managers with some of the organizations I'm certified with. And I just think the support from the, the whole department, the, um, the faculty and um, the chair of the department, Kirk and Rob Arzowski and Laura Scales, who's our production manager, has really been incredible. Everyone has been completely enthusiastic about it and, and, you, uh, everyone I've trained with knows that, um, an intimacy direction is about enthusiastic consent and, um, the department has really risen to, uh, completely embracing this. And I've not heard that as being the case across the board in every, um, university 
you know, some of my colleagues have had a little bit of resistance at times. And I think that's changing, but um, it was, it, it just shows how invested MSU is in their students. And as Claire said, that culture of care. Yeah. So let me turn it back to Claire, Sarah, and Heather. Then what would you say to um, a a prospective student who maybe had an experience like Sarah's where their first kiss was a staged kiss? um, And what sort of, um, what can they expect if they choose to come to Michigan State? Um, To build off of like what Claire said earlier about the culture of care is that soon Um, within our classes, you realize how much consent and boundary checks um, become habitual to students and that you can, that you'll always have like the professor, your partner and yourself looking out for you and your safety, because you, you'll be taught how to look out for your own safety and make, and have the tools to speak up and protect yourself and protect your scene partner. Um, I think that's a big part of what they can expect is just having uh, safety become habitual and throughout all of the work they do here. Well, I just want um, students to understand that, you know, anytime you're, you're going to pursue an artistic path in life, of course, there's going to be risk taking, but that doesn't have to carry over into um, safety and into um, boundaries and into mutual respect and a respect for the process. And so those two things can, they can be mutual, mutually exclusive. I can't speak. Those two things can be mutually ex- exclusive. Forget it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think also too, what is important about what the work that happens here is that a shift happens from being apprehensive about doing this type of um, staged work um, to something that's exciting and comfortable, but also that helps you learn about your craft. Like Alexa said, it's not, you know, it's not just about, I mean, a huge part of it is about feeling safe and consensual Um and being able to repeat the work, but but another huge part of it is learning about your character and the motivation of the movement and the quality of the movement. And so I think this just opens a door to a level of detail inside the work that I've never been exposed to before. That's incredible. Um, Alexis, final thoughts on this. Where do you uh, see intimacy directing heading or where, where, what's, where's, what is your hope? Ooh, well, what does intimacy look like in our current climate? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been thinking about it just, I know you mean long, long term and, and I'm very confident that we'll, you know, things will get, we'll be back in class and all that. But, uh, I have thought about with, you know, what's happening right now in the world with, um, the, the COVID and all that, yes. that, that there, there are opportunities for us to think about the power of this work and having those placeholders. So, um, days where, you know, you just have a cold and you want to use a placeholder, we're taking care of our actors in situations like this and, and ways to create, I'm going to actually be working with Claire on ways to create, intimacy that is, um, stylized. So the actors are, 
you know, um, not necessarily touching, um, but we still get that intimate story from that the audience knows exactly what's happening. Um, so there's kind of a powerful opportunity to explore things in a new way if we're going to look at a silver lining. Um, but long term, I think that this is it's already taking over exciting and taking over the industry. Uh, one of the founders of IDI, Alicia Rodas, has um, been working with HBO and is integrating what are called ICs or um, intimacy coordinators, similar to a stunt coordinator on sets for every HBO production and Netflix and other um, networks are following suit. They again worked with SAG-AFTRA to create set protocols. Um, Tonya Senia, who also founded IDI, um, it, uh, made help with Not In Our House in Chicago. DC is coming up with a similar document. So I think that this is becoming industry standard and that uh, just like fight coordination, that, um, that it's going to be exciting to have these specialists and um, this vocabulary and this work in um, theaters and TV studios <laughs> and film sets and um, just that it's just going to keep going up and creating a, you know, a, an opportunity for actors to let go of that fear and, and play because they have the vocabulary and the tools to do so. Yeah, a shift from a new standard to just standard. Yes, yes. Yeah, awesome. It gets me so excited. I was, <laughs> um, so I want to uh, thank Heather Mahoney, Sarah Davis, Claire Wilcher, and Alexis Black for being our guests today. And thank yeah. you for hosting. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. Thank you. A big thank you to our technical producer, Dan Trago, Dean Christopher Long, and marketing director, Brian Kilcoin of the College of Arts and Letters, and Department of Theater Chairperson, Kirk Domer, for supporting this project. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect official entities of Michigan State University. I am Abby Taikaki, and this has been In the Odd, a Michigan State University College of Arts and Letters podcast. You can access every episode of In the Odd at theater.msu.edu forward slash AUD. We'll be back soon with another behind-the-scenes look into what happens at 542 Auditorium Road and um, wherever we happen to be in this time of remote learning um, in East Lansing, Michigan and all over the world. Until then, support your local performing arts and go green. Go white! Go white! Go white. <laughs>